we're so glad you're here. My name's Scott. Uh, this is our kickoff month where we just want to be inviting you into relationship. We want to be inviting you into this community. Some of you have been like, hey, we've been here. And some of you are like, oh, that's great because we're brand new. And all of us are in a new season. And in this season, we're talking about the values of our church, why we exist, why we do what we do, t-shirts, it doesn't matter. But you getting to serve with other people and be invested in and being able to be a blessing to the body, as Allison and Heidi just said, oh, that's, that's godly. Petting zoos, ah, they might not matter that much unless you're, you know, of the smaller set. But what that matters is we want this to be a church that our kids say, that place is fun and I'm learning about Jesus and somebody there knows my name. So we want to be a place of living our values. Today I'm talking about the value of mission. It's the word go that we use at Bethany. And our scripture comes from two places, Psalm 119 and from Mark 16. And uh, the, the message title is called, Go and Be the Mission, Go and Live the Message. So from Psalm 119, 57 through 60, 64, You are my portion, Lord. I promise to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways. I have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Uh, let me pray and we'll start. Jesus, thank you so much for a moment to consider what your scriptures are inviting us to, to participate on mission with you, God. You are a missional God inviting us to live our values, to be people telling all of creation that you're a God who loves them and is for them. So God, would you today tell us that and teach us that, but also God, remind us that before we go, that we've got to come and experience you in new and profound ways that we need to be people serving God out of the overflow of our own hearts, that we would be people with hearts on fire for you. And God, from this little community, would you allow us to be a blessing into our neighborhoods, into our schools, into our jobs, and our families, that we would be able to participate in a very, very good work, God, of being the real blessing to the people you love, to the world you love. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We're also going to be taking communion at the end of our service. So I hope you got a communion when you came in. And if not, you can sneak out and grab one now. We're going to do communion at the end. Um, the message today is called Go. Go and be the mission. Go and live the message. Before we go, we need to come. Jesus talked often about go. Go, Bethany, is to be on mission, to serve, to volunteer, to be part of Team North, to go on a mission trip, to participate in watching our kids, anything where we're living our values. Jesus commanded disciples to go. It was one of Jesus' favorite words. Mark 16:1, Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. John 16, Jesus said, unless I go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Mark 10, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, the man Jesus was talking to received a sight and then followed Jesus along the road. Matthew 9, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen, you've won them over. 
Uh, Jesus answered Matthew 19. If you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. I could continue. I'll pause there. In the ministry of Jesus, going, participating, moving, activity is central to the life of a Jesus follower. Going is required for a real faith, for a vital faith, vitality. There's a lot of, um, a lot of talk right now about vitality, about being vital Christians. And recently, Heather, my wife, uh, shared a talk uh, by Bo- uh, Dr. Samantha Boardman. She shared it with me about the power of vitality as this kind of counteraction to some of the depressive forces that are happening around us. And Boardman, who I'm not even sure if they're a Christian, if she's a Christian, but she's, she shares this really important word about vitality. She wrote a book called Everyday Vitality. And Boardman, in her research, says that vitality, the power for us to feel fully alive in this time and place, is impacted by three essential elements. Three elements to the vital life. Dr. Samantha Boardman. So the three, what are the three elements to a vital life in 2022? Number one, contribution. Everybody say that word, contribution contributing to something beyond yourself. I actually talked about that last week with the power of gathering, that people that have a a mission outside themselves have a a higher and better ability to have meaning in their life, contribution. The second thing we need for the vital life is engaging in experiences that challenge us. Everybody say challenge. And the third thing is meaningfully connecting with others. Say connection. So we need contribution, challenge, and connection. Or as Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Because these words of contribution and challenge and connection are the very embodiment of what Jesus said, this is what life on mission looks like. For people that want to follow me, we are meant to not be just one-way receptacles. We are meant to come alive by the power of God in order to be a blessing. You'll be blessed to be a blessing. It's always been this way with God's people. Go, God said to Abraham in Genesis 12, to the land I will show you and you'll be blessed in order to bless others. So as God's people, we've got to be operating by this value of being people of mission, people who can go, people contributing, people challenging, people connecting. It's like, yes, a vital church. What are they about? Uh, they're, they're a church on mission. Where their church telling uh, the world with, through their world partners, supporting missionaries, but right here in Seattle, they are, they are living into this value. They're blessed in order to bless others. It all sounds good. It does. But before we go, we need to come. We need to experience Jesus again and again and again. And for some of you, that's like, man, that's like a new thing. And for some, it's a renewed thing. But I think for me in the last 11 years leading this body, I want you to wear the shirt. But more than that, I want your heart to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to come alive here. Because from the overflow of our heart, our mouth can speak. And so what we're going to be talking about today is that our activity matters for the kingdom of God. But our our going is informed by our coming. And that 
you know, I want you to sign up. I want you to leave this place knowing a little bit more about Team North, knowing a little bit more about what we have planned for world missions, knowing a little bit more about how you can be active this year for the kingdom of God. But please, 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 I also want you to know what I want in addition, and maybe superseding any of that, is for your heart to come alive by the power of God. And some of you are here today saying, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I'm so worn out. Jesus wants to bring your faith alive in new ways this season. So, I want to give you a message. Go, be the mission, live the message. It's up to us to go. Let's talk about four things today. First, I want us to be a church that we can go into a place to encounter the God who will go for you, who has gone for you. Don't go until you've come. And this is why Psalm 19 is an unlikely place to talk about mission, but we did it on purpose this weekend. Listen to what the psalmist writes in Psalm 119. You are my portion, Lord. I promise to obey your words. I've sought to obey, uh, I've set your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I've considered my ways. I've turned my steps to your statues. I will hasten and do not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me, there will be oppression, there'll be difficulties. I'll not forget your law. I'll not forget your word, God. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your ways. Teach me your decrees. So beautiful what the psalmist is saying. The earth is full of the God's glory. And before we sign you up to go on a mission trip, we need to experience God again and again and again. Fun fact about this community, Bethany was incorporated as a church the same year as the Boeing Company. It's actually one of the oldest organizations in the city of Seattle. And when we started 105 plus years ago, we started in Ballard as an outreach community to Native American people. The very genesis of Bethany Community Church was a non-denominational community trying to be a blessing in the city of Seattle because at the turn of the century, Native American people were facing incredible discrimination and poverty happening to Native Americans. Displaced was incredible. The church has made an incredible impact in the world by going. I know we also have made a mess of some things and we talk about that at times. I'm not talking about that in the moment. I want to talk to you about the way in which the church, by going for the sake of Christ, has changed the world. And I don't know about you, but I want to change the world. That same optimism for me as an 18-year-old kid, as a 22, as a 25, like, I want to believe that my life matters. I want to believe our life matters together. What has the church done in the last 2,000 years? It's amazing what the church has done. So many examples of the world being changed by people who live this mission of go. I mean, starting with the ancient church in the early decades after Christ ascended to heaven, the very nature of adoption started in the Christian church as babies were just left in cities because of the plague or because of ancient God. And that's the Holy Spirit calling right now who wants to get a hold of you saying, before you go, you got to come. And someone is like, I'm not answering that phone call. And I'm not reaching for my phone. And it's all good. It's a place of grace and mercy. The church has done so much to be a place of grace and mercy. 
The beginning of charity happened in the church. The Romans were confounded by the ancient Christians giving of their tithes and resources for the benefit of others. They had no category of it. The largest charitable organization in the world, easily the church. And just different individuals. Elizabeth Fry, who contributed incredible things to prison reform. William Wilberforce, slavery reform. Martin Luther King, race reform let alone the church's impact and birth of hospitals and universities, monasteries. How about Amy Carmichael setting up places of mercy in India and almost single-handedly being able to help abolish the child prostitution practices in, in temples in India. It's incredible. I mean, just Google search, like, what are some good, good news stories from people who went, who go and live their values? I want you to go. I do. I need you to. We need to do it together. But before we go, we've got to come. We've got to have this renewal of our heart for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus had his strongest words of condemnation, the people that were doing without the transformed heart. Remember what Jesus said? You're like a whitewashed tomb. No, out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouth speaks. So Jesus warned against any kind of performative religion that kind of dressed up in activity without the transformation, without the coming, without the renewal, without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, without just saying, Jesus, change me from the inside out. And yeah, I want to I serve food on Aurora. I want to be a soccer coach in my community, or I want to be a blessing in my dorm room or in my high school. But first, Jesus, I need to encounter you. That we would be people having life-changing encounters with the Lord. And for some of you, you're like, yes, God, it's been a little while. And so in that regard, we don't go before we come. One of the books that I've been reading over the last six months is a book called Present Perfect by Greg Boyd. And, and Boyd warns us, he's a theologian, but he warns about going before we actually come and are transformed from the inside out. Boyd, Boyd says, when people try to fix the world before they themselves are fixed, they inevitably contribute to the world's brokenness. He continues, the hope of the world resides in people learning to humbly surrender to life of God moment by moment. The key to changing the world is to change our hearts and our consciousness And as we're freed from our idolatry and we learn to abide in God's fullness of life, God uses us to impact and influence others and the mustard seed kingdom grows. The best way to change the world is to experience God first. And the Psalms declare that before we go, we need to encounter the God who has gone for us, who has come for us. Psalm 39, where can I go from your spirit, Lord? Where can I flee from your presence? Where can I go? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there as well. And so over and over and over again in the scriptures, this idea of experiencing God, renewing our first love, and that we would participate in the inbreaking kingdom of God in mustard seed, really kind of slow ways we'll talk about in a bit, but we've got to have new experiences of intimacy with the Father who loves us, who created us. We've got to keep going out of a place of experience. We had our first Bethany wide worship night on Friday night at the Bethany Chapel, Bethany Green Lake Chapel. And we're going to do that on the third Friday of every month for 
forever, <laughs> or at least the next six to nine months. And I really want to honor Michelle, one of our worship leaders, who uh, our worship director, but one of Bethany's worship leaders who really had the, the vision for this. Like, we can go and rent the zoo. We can go and talk about racial reconciliation. Like, the things that we're doing are great. We're going. We've got to come. And I sat in the front row, and John and Julie were teasing me. John was teasing me. Julie never would tease me. But John's like, hey, we're kind of incognito. You had your hat on, your hood up. I'm like, that's just me when I'm not at church. Um, But it was so good to be invisible and just worshipful. And I spent the first four or five songs just crying. And it was so good to be able to worship without even having to figure out what I was going to say because I said nothing. So you're invited that this would be a season of encounter. Like we want you to wear the shirt, but we want your hearts filling up with God. So the next worship night, third Friday of October, worship every Sunday with us here, getting in relationship in one of our groups, getting, I mean, lots of different places of encounter. Growing up in a Baptist church, I would say that it wasn't until at 18 when I really gave my life to Christ that I really understood the notion of where we, where we go from. And at my church, different missionaries would come by and we would hear presentations from YWAM and different things and it sounded incredible. These two weeks in a jungle or you know, three weeks city excursion. And I, I love adventure and I love experience. So I was like, I wanna do something like that. But I had to tell you, I didn't feel worthy to go. I didn't, and I hadn't had a life-changing encounter with the Holy Spirit of God yet until just before my 18th birthday when the Holy Spirit just fell on me, and my life was changed in a moment when I confessed, Jesus, I want to follow you all the days of my life. But how I got to that room where the Spirit descended on me was somebody went from the fullness of God in their life into my life. Somebody named Ranji, he heeded the Spirit's call to go and got involved with Young Life and our community and my Baptist church and loved a bunch of really broken kids to tell them the good news. So I've got an endless amount of places you can go, but it's really central. First, you've got to come. The second thing I want to tell you as we're thinking about this value of go is, and this is something I'm still learning quite honestly, that we would go slowly, purposefully, meaningfully. Don't go without boundaries. Don't go without boundaries. Don't go so fast and so quick and so headlong to make an impact that you burn out. As I just mentioned, the life of going must be paired with the life of receiving, which will mean for us there's moments and whole seasons where we don't go. We just rest in God's spirit and we get renewed. And resting and refueling, you know, uh, some of us in the room just feel like burned out and that this would be a season that you would be renewed. That's a good season to be in. It's a hard season, but it's a good season if you're turning back to God. But we don't want you to stay in that season. That we are meant to receive God's love and then help others connect to God's love. We're not meant to be one-way receptacles. Consider the light switch. The light switch Disconnected from a power source, man, it's, it's pointless. But if it never lights up the room to which it exists, it's powerless. So we need to be connected to the Holy Spirit and 
we are called to make an impact into whatever rooms that we exist in. Jesus said in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. And so for those of us trying to be missional, trying to be missionaries, trying to be a blessing to our kids that we're raising or at our uh, bus that we drive, uh, all of us have a different context, right? But we've got to be connected to the power source and then going slowly, purposefully, meaningfully. And in that regard, it's the long journey, not the short burst that really matters, Another book that's really been impacting me recently is a book by Andy Crouch um, called The Life We're Longing For. And he kind of unpacks that one of the Christian words around mission might need to be shaped a bit. We love to say this word impact. We're going to impact culture. Let's go and impact Seattle, impact Mount Lake Terrace, impact Edmonds. And what Crouch says is that impact historically was not a word connotated with God's work, which Jesus would often talk about mustard seeds and garden plantings and, you know, birds of the tree. But the church loves the value of impact. But historically, impact was a a negatively used verb. Wisdom teeth could be impacted. Uh, Impact, something concentrated and forceful for a short duration, like a meteor impacting earth. But in his book, The Life We're Looking For, Crouch, a theologian, says that the life of going will be slow and purposeful. He says, we are fascinated by the power of instantaneous, concentrated force. When something or someone breaks in the world with such irresistible and overwhelming power, so quickly, everything is broken and then instantly rearranged. But the ministry of Jesus, after 11 years of leading us, Bethany North, it's, it's mustard seeds. It's really slow-growing organic matter, rising and at times falling, like a hike to a really far-off peak, a journey that matters filled with really big highs and some really difficult lows. And so as we're going and trying to serve Christ, our own limits, our own boundaries, our own needs, really going to matter. Consider Elijah in Kings. He has this incredible ministry success and then finds out that Jezebel, the queen's wife, wants to kill him and he runs in fear and he's in a 40-day journey and he's just, he's done. He wants to die. And that's where God sends an angel and says, Elijah, the, the journey's too much for you. You need to rest, you need to eat, you need to drink, and then you need to get up and go. So for some of you, it's like, okay, it's a resting season. It's an eating season. It's a drinking season. It's taking care of my body season. I won't ask for a show of hands, but every parent in this room uh, has received, like, you, you know, how many of you have received more than 40 emails in the first seven days of classes? Like, anyone's a kid. Like, it's just a lot right now. So we go not ignorant of our own limits, our own boundaries, we go, in order to be a long-term blessing, we take the long, slow journey. I've told this story before, so I'll share it abbreviating, abbreviated, but in the early years of starting Bethany Earth, we had no office, and so we would, I would office in local Starbucks, and I met a guy one time, he was new to church, and that season we were starting, it's like, hey, look, if you're new, I just want to meet with you, we're just trying to build this thing, boundaries, what are those, we don't need them, we're building the church, we're going, and at home we were raising kids, 
We had, you know, my wife's having babies. And oftentimes, I failed at this one. And there was this one morning where this guy was telling me his testimony. And he was like, man, I hated the church. And I hated the church. And I hated God. I hated it. And I was finally like, can you, like, I don't mind. I love hearing your story. But can you inform me, like, why were you so bitter with God? And he said, oh, my dad was a pastor. See, in the message that he lived outside the home, he never lived inside the home. That morning, that day, that was my fourth Starbucks morning meeting. Meanwhile, at home, my wife was raising babies. A really difficult season with migraines and everything else. So I can tell you stories of incredible successes of going. I can also tell you a number of my personal failures. I feel like God wants us to be mindful of our boundaries and our limits in order that we're going in a way that's a blessing to those that we're called to shepherd and steward. So we don't need to do all the things. We go, maybe just do one thing. But all of us in the room would leave like, what's one thing I'm doing to go for the kingdom of God? You don't need five things. You shouldn't probably be able to name five things, but maybe just one. Third thing I want to say. Go into your actual life with intention and purpose. And a little sub-note here is don't go to Africa before going home. Uh, I want to say it's really important to go to Africa, but it's more important first to start at home. Here's what Eugene Peterson says in his paraphrase of Romans 12. Here's what I want you to do, God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly responding to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you developing well-formed maturity in you. So again, it's really important to go to Africa. I'm really proud of our international mission work. But there's something about starting here before we go that's really important. Starting here, and then starting here with those closest to me, and then here in my neighborhood. When Jesus spoke about mission, Jesus talked about going into all creation. But then in Acts, when Jesus was getting ready to ascend to the Father, he said, go into all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the world. And those, if you had a map in front of you, you'd see that's closest, a little further, a little further, farthest. Start here. And then a little further, and a little further, and then be a blessing to all the world. And we have, as a church, some really great overseas opportunities. Pastor Lydia is going to be putting together a team going to our partner in Costa Rica this summer. If you're interested, that's coming in January, but you could speak to Pastor Lydia who does missions. She's in charge of Go here at Bethany. If you're interested in hearing more about going to Robley Alto. Um, another great thing that we, we can do without even having to go to Africa is support those of us who are in Africa. We have missionaries, Brett and Angela Nicholson, and we have a missionary care team. And Mike and Kathy Lute are here. And if you're interested in just supporting the missionaries in Africa, you can connect with Mike and Kathy to say, how do I support just like writing letters or care pack? The Nicholsons were here in August. We want to be a sending church that doesn't forget about the people that are already there. It's really important. 
but we start here before we go. That we are uh, blessing, living our values to the people closest to us and trying to change the city of Seattle in addition to what we're trying to do around the world. Both matter incredibly to the heart of God. To go to the ends of the earth and to not forget about Aurora and Shoreline and Edmonds, let alone my coworkers, the people I share my home with. We're meant for home first. There's a great quote by Thomas Merton who says, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat. Ask me what I'm living for and what is keeping me from living fully for that. Ask me not where I live or what I like to eat. Ask me what I'm living for and what is keeping me from living fully for that. And for 99% of us, we won't get a chance to go overseas on mission in the next 12 to 24 months. So we've got to be missionaries right here. We've got to be people living our values, having this encounter with God, and then not doing all the things, but doing one thing to make this city better, to be a blessing. That's the life of missions. The final thing I want to say is this. I want to say that uh, to go into the world to love others happens because you've been loved radically by God. And to this, I say, don't go with a bullhorn, but with mercy. Don't go necessarily with the bullhorn, go with mercy. It was at the Seahawks game, go Hawks, Monday night, you know, unseating the Denver Broncos, wild night. And there were the bullhorn Jesus talkers outside. And I don't have any criticism, a little bit maybe, um, <laughs> But the friend I was with, we had a really rich conversation about what does a life of going look like without the bullhorn, but being people of mercy. Psalm 41 says, blessed are those who have regard for the weak. The Lord delivers them in times of trouble. The Lord protects and preserves them. They are counted among the blessed in the land. He does not give them over to the desire of their foes. So there's a blessing as we go. There's a, a blessing as we participate. And as we just heard from a couple of volunteers, we have a big need to go and make a difference right in our own ministry. And outside today, near the petting zoo, there's also going to be uh, our volunteers for family ministry. If you just want to find out, how can I help? I'm no expert, but I'm, I'm here at church. I can be a blessing. We would love you to have a t-shirt to just be part of the family that we call Team North. We had this wonderful fellowship in the summer where we had a great meal and we had great, um, you know, we did some games and some laughters, all of us that are part of Team North. And we think the best way for you to feel like this is your church is to be in a group where other people know your name outside of the Sunday morning gathering and to be part of Team North. To just say, I can't do all the things, but I can do one thing. And if you want to speak to somebody about just using your gifts there, there's going to be a table outside in the foyer. We want this to be a place where before we go, we come, where we are being the mission, we are living our values, and that we would wear the shirt with pride because we are imperfect, but we are people trying to change the city from the inside out. All of us have a mission field right under your feet where God wants to use you to bless and change the kingdom of God. A couple weeks ago, stopped at Chipotle. I'm with my teenage son. And there's somebody with a sign. I'm hungry. Do you have money? We went in. We ordered food. We ordered an extra burrito, an extra drink. And I walked out and said, I don't have money for you, but here's food. The man was very grateful. It was a very hot day. It was still August. 
we came back in, and I got to look at my son and say, we got to live our values. we got to be trying to be a blessing, whatever God puts in front of us. And then a man runs in. He says, stop, wait. And I'm like, what's happening next? And he says, I was driving by Aurora, uh, on 196 there in Linwood. And I saw, I saw that guy, and I was thinking, maybe I should stop. And then I saw you stop, and I saw you buy a meal. And then I saw your son watching all of this. And he said, you just influenced me a little bit. I just wanted to say, I saw. May we be a people going. First, we've got to come on mission, living our values. There's never been a more important time to be part of the mission. Hearts changed, lives on fire for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much that you came for us, that you were on mission for us, that you sacrificed for us, that your going meant everything. Lord, that you came from heaven, that we would have freedom from sin, that we would have wholeness, that we would not be lost. You, you, you paid it all, Jesus, you did. You, you laid it all on the line for us. Thank you that your going meant that we were set free from ourselves. Help us tap in in this season, God, to your love and mercy. Before we go, God, help us come to you again and again and have a new encounter with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to be changed. We want to be renewed by your great and almighty love. And God, from that place, like a room full of light switches, from a new power source, God, teach us how to light up the rooms you have us in this fall. Our dorm rooms, God, our, our, our living rooms, our family breakfast table, the, 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 the high schools that we walk through, Boeing, Amazon, the buses we drive, the, the construction sites we pound nails in, God, turning lights all over this city, not of our power, but yours. God, we have seen empty light switches and we say enough. God, we long to be reconnected to your power and deeply useful for your kingdom in slow and purposeful ways, bringing your light to bear in this city. Lord Jesus, we love you, and all God's people said, amen.